Big Ten Backers Podcast. This is your podcast for Big Ten football or anything college football related. From Jim Harbaugh's shirtless escapades to Brett Billima's hog-sized waistline with Ryan Day's beard dye and anything else in between. Big Ten Backers has the headlines from around the college football landscape. Oh, hey there. Big Ten Backers, this is your host AJ with Buckeye Steve. We just call him Top Beef. Big Ten Roundup. Let's round up the Big Ten. Let's talk about these Big Ten games. First game, me and you are at. Beav and AJ sit in front row, 10-yard line. Minnesota Golden Gophers versus the Huskers. The Golden Gophers win 13-10 to in this snooze fest. But luckily, it got good in the fourth quarter. We had the Greek Freak... Calalicamianus. It's actually Caliac Manus. I prefer Calalicamianus. You want to lick your anus? Of course I want to lick my anus. If you can't, can't toss your own salad, you can't toss anybody else's salad. <laughs> okay, man. But anyway, he, he was kind of a great quarterback. I thought he had a high ceiling compared, you know, Iowa's offense. He just had a really awkward release. It was almost like he was throwing with his left hand. But, you know, what I really thought of was like he was jerking off with his non-dominant hand. Oh, so you mean like the stranger? The stranger. What's the stranger? Oh, the stranger, man. That's You're going to have to do this tonight. Get yourself some lotion. Get yourself a rag. You're going to want to sit on your, your left hand uh, for about 30 seconds, wait for it to get numb, and then you beat off with it. But it feels like someone else is doing it since you can't feel your hand. That's the stranger. I'm going to give it a try. Jeff Sims, man. He drank way, way too much of this roll aid like us. He threw this ball around like he was your drunk uncle out of family reunion. His stat line was pretty terrible, bro. Jeff Sims was 11 of 19 for 114 yards, 57.9 completion percentage with one touchdown and three interceptions. I'm just glad I'm not a fan of either of these teams. I mean, I don't want to watch those offenses again. It was pretty rough. It was pretty bad. Let's talk about Penn State versus West Virginia. Penn State wins 38 to 15. Yeah, all are showing why he's the five-star from Ohio. He was 21 of 39 for 325 yards and three touchdowns. And a guy I never heard of, Lambert Smith, was a receiver. Four receptions for 123 yards, two touchdowns with a 30.8 yards per catch average. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. Half the time he caught the ball, it's touchdown, baby. I, I want to get back to Allard, though, man. He comes out of Ohio. It's like Ohio State and Penn State just swaps quarterback just those last two years. I mean, Ohio State got McCord out of Pennsylvania. Then Aller comes to Penn State. I mean, Aller might be the better of the quarterbacks from the show he put on Saturday. Yeah, he might be. Both West Virginia, man, they did this most West Virginia shit I've ever seen where they did a ring around the rosy formation. They literally like held hands and did ring around the rosy. Like the coach, no wonder why they lost this game. The coach spent more time trying to figure out how to teach these kids how to do a ring around the rosy huddle than he did preparing for Penn State. Freaking ridiculous. Yeah, there's all kinds of weird shit going on in this game. You have ring around the rosy and a squirrel running across it. I'm surprised a West Virginia fan didn't just jump down from the stands and stab that squirrel and take it home for dinner. <laughs> it was definitely a Penn State, West Virginia vibes in this game. Some you weird shit only, was going on. The only thing that would have been better if that squirrel was dead for two days. I like that meat a little <laughs> bit on the extra, extra dry side. Little roadside tenderized. Nothing better. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Wisconsin versus Buffalo. Whiskey wins 38 to 17. Luke Fickle, obviously this was his debut. They won an easy game against Buffalo, but he has some work. He's got some work to do on this offense. Yeah. This is a team you can't hate on. And I, I did hate Wisconsin when Burt was there. I, I'm going to root for Luke. He seems like just a decent man. You know, he didn't take that job away from his his boy at Notre Dame, Freeman. And when he could have, I think he could have interviewed for that job and got it. And he left it open for his boy. So I'm going to root for him all the way. He is a Buckeye. Just hope he doesn't beat the Buckeyes, man. With that being said, Tanner Mordecai didn't look like he was good enough to beat the Buckeyes. 24 for 31. For 189 yards, one touchdown, two picks, 
All right, so this was our Michael Vick special. This is our dogfight game of the week. Illinois. <laughs> Illinois was in this dogfight. Illinois. 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 In this dogfight, but they win 30 to the 28. They had to get a last second field goal to get this win. Toledo, man, they had them against the ropes. They were beating on them. They were up 18 to 7 with the ball. But Miles Scott for Illinois turned the tide for the fighting Illini. Kind of changed the game with that pick. And then Illinois kind of took off from there. Yeah, that, that pick six was pretty fucking sweet. Luke Altmeyer, speaking of stats, 211 yards passing and 69 yards rushing for two TDs. He had 7.7 yards of carry. Just give the man the ball. Let him keep running. 69 yards. That's a wonderful number to end up with, by the way. In addition to that, wide receiver Pat Bryant, 64 yards and two touchdowns. They look like they have some weapons. We'll see what happens. I mean, Toledo's a good enough team. This Illinois team is scary. They're going to be able to give some people some fights. You know, kind of like Michael Vick and the dog. Yeah, so we had another game picked out as a tough one. We said Fresno State could spoil the Boilermakers and potentially upset them. And it did happen. Fresno State took down Purdue 39 to 35. So they turned down the temperature on the Boilermakers. It's no longer boiling. This is just kind of mediocre warm water. So Keen for Fresno was 31 of 44 for 366 yards and four touchdowns. Meanwhile, Hudson Card for Purdue, 17 of 30 for 254 yards and two touchdowns. So Stat lines for both of them were actually pretty good. It's just Fresno State a little bit better. Eric Brooks went off for Fresno. Nine receptions for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, this Boilermaker defense, though, they looked as suspect as my underwear after a 1,700-mile road trip after eating gas station sushi. Yeah, that decent lead in the third, they blew it like Scott Frost blows a one-score game. You mean like Matt Rule? That tradition's continuing, man. Maybe it is. Let's move on to Iowa. Iowa versus Utah State. Iowa wins 24-14. to 14. Did you just you know, say that with a twang? Utah. Utah. You know, it's, are, it's there sometimes. Brian Kelly? <laughs> Faking this accent, baby. But anyway, despite Brian's mom doing his laundry and cutting his steak... He still fell short of his goal of 25 points. They only scored 24. Now his father has just put him right back in the basement where he belongs uh, and locked him down there. I don't really think it's that bad. You got to look at it through the positive thoughts. The offense scored all the points for the first time in forever. So I actually expect the defense to score some points. I think everyone does at this point. I'm a little disappointed. Like, where are they at? Where's the pick six, right? Where's the safe? And McNamara, he was playing good. I mean, they had a quarterback that actually got them a touchdown on their first drive since the depression. That is depressing. That's real depressing. Let's move on to Michigan. Michigan beats on ECU like a teenager going through puberty. 30 to 3. Yeah, J.J. McCarthy was 26 of 30, 280 yards and three touchdowns. The man, the myth, the legend. Man, I hate fucking saying that, but I got to. Yeah, he's definitely looking the part. This Michigan team, they wore some free Jim Hardball shirts. They did a freight train formation at the beginning of the game to protest Jim Hardball's suspension. Us viewers, we just had to assume they were getting in line for more free Hardball cheeseburgers. But you know what? Let's talk about this backfield. Absolutely love this backfield. I think they're the best, two best running backs in the country on one team. Talking about Blake Corum, talking about Edwards. But Corum had the better game. He had 10 carries for 73 yards and one touchdown. While Edwards only had 37 yards on 12 carries. Little mediocre day for him, but this running back duo, watch out, boys. They're coming for the Big Ten. Yeah, the question is who's going to have the better season, Corum? Edwards. That is a good question. You never know because they're both so talented. Yeah, but this Michigan team showed out. I mean, they were hanging out their schlong like it was bigger than Tommy Lee's. They're about to wear out the rest of this Big Ten, man. I, again, hate to fucking say it, but this is a good team. Like, emotionally wise, I want them to be terrible. I want them to lose every game. But looking at them through a football microscope, this is a good team, man. They have a chance to win the title, and we picked them, so we'll see how it goes. Michigan was the first Big Ten team to be on Peacock. Speaking of Cox, fuck you, Big Ten. This is not 
something I want to see. I do not want to see streaming TV in the Big Ten. Don't they realize that that's kind of, you know, more Pac Dunn-esque? We don't need this in the Big Ten. We have the money we need. Just get rid of that. I don't even know how much Peacock was offering, but we don't need it. No one's going to watch. I will refuse to watch any Ohio State games on Peacock. In fact, any games on Peacock, I'm not watching. Didn't watch this one. I won't watch any others. I will watch the hype. I'm right there with you, Beef. I'm not tuning in to Peacock. Anytime my team is on that I want to watch and they're on Peacock, I'm pulling out the radio. I'm listening to an old school. I'm firing up the grill, cooking me some brats, eating me some cheese curds. I'm just going to have a good time that way. Sometimes listening to on the radio could be a little bit more exciting because you really don't know what's going on. So that's my plan. Fuck those cocks, man. Anyways, Maryland drowns Townsend 38-6. to They scored 21 points on Townsend in the first quarter. Like this game got out of hand quickly for Townsend. Got out of hand quick. Kind of like that uh, teenage boy going through puberty, huh? Exactly. So, uh, Tonga Vailoa had four touchdowns in this game, and they played three different quarterbacks. They played all their quarterbacks. This is a promising team. They have a lot of talent. Hard to know exactly what they got when they're playing Townsend, though. Take it for what it's worth. I look for them to do big things, and we'll see if they can knock off one of the big three. Yeah, I think if they were in the Big Ten West, they would probably be the favorite to win it. That's how talented they are. But unfortunately, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan stay on their way, but they definitely can be an upset special. And speaking of Ohio State. Yeah, we were at the Ohio State versus Indiana game. We're sitting front row right behind the goalpost. Ohio State does win this one 23-3. They do fail to cover the spread, though. We kind of had this one wrong, Beef. You know, Big Ten backers, we had this one. A 4th of July, fireworks. Ohio State's offense was just going to light them up, but it didn't happen. Yeah, I was a little disappointed in that, but it's the first game. It looked like Indiana was a good defense, so let's get into why this happened. First of all, why in the world do you run a couple of white quarterbacks up the middle on third and two, fourth and two? It makes no fucking sense to me. It's almost like we brought back the JT Barrett days, but these guys, we don't need it. We have an outstanding backfield. It could rival anyone in the nation, including Michigan. Meatball averages seven yards a carry. I even looked up in the stands the one time we had the ball on the seven yard lines and Meatball was back there. And I was like, yo, they're going to run him and he's going to score a touchdown because he averaged seven yards a carry. He's going to get in. And guess what? He did. When they need two yards, run some fucking white quarterback from Pennsylvania. Doesn't make any sense, dude. (laughs) Speaking of that quarterback from Pennsylvania, McCord did all of the heavy lifting in this game. He played 99% of the snaps. There's a lot of speculation about Brown being the starting quarterback, or at least them splitting reps uh, because they were that close in the competition. But we only saw him for one drive. I mean, I guess he was a one-pump chump. We'll see him some more, maybe. It's going to be in cleanup time. McCord's got to get those reps. But his stat line wasn't bad. 20 of 33, 239 yards. No touchdowns, though, and one pretty bad cross-the-body, cross-the-field interception that he probably shouldn't have thrown. But I did see another guy wide open in that play, and that's that was kind of a theme throughout the game. He was just mediocre as fuck, but so was C.J. Stroud in his debut. We were there in Minnesota, 2021. Just give it some time. Ryan Day's beard eye will shine all over this team and everything going to be okay. Yeah, speak about things being okay, man. That defense was more than okay. The defense looked like they're going to carry these teams. If Ohio State has any plans of making the Big Ten Championship, beating Michigan, making it to the playoffs, it's going to be because of this defense. They look damn good against this thing. Jim Knowles brought his receipts. All his doubters, he's got your receipts. Yeah, the two million dollar man came through and he better come through. I mean, this is the season for it. It's the second year. Let's see what he got. But on the offensive side of things, we have a wide receiver room that everyone in the world knows. Even all the Indiana fans that didn't know anyone on their team were like, yeah, I know you guys got Marvin Harrison Jr. People know him. They don't know anyone on their own damn team, but they know Marvin Harrison Jr. And guess what? He didn't get the fucking ball. 18 yards receiving. Stover leads this talented receiving team, which he's an awesome tight end. I love watching him. 97 yards though versus Marvin Harrison Jr. 18 yards. He's a Heisman candidate. And I think the timing was just off. I think McCord needs a little bit more, you know, experience. 
a little bit more reps to really get the ball there and get that timing established. I thought they would already have that, you know, being high school teammates and all. He was left open multiple times on post down the field. He was left out for dry. And I think he might have got a nagging wife. I mean, nagging injury to that shoulder when he came down to hit what's called a foosh injury, fall on an outstretched arm. I'm a little worried that that's going to last the rest of the season, man. Yeah, that would be a shame. Hopefully that's not the case, uh, but I could see it being that way. But let's talk about Northwestern. Let's talk about them playing Rutgers. Rutgers wins this one. 24 to who gives a shit about this bottom dweller shit show. Yeah, let's just have Northwestern go ahead and pack up the bags for the season, head to the showers. Oops. Was that too soon? Ah, it's never too soon. Getting good, man. I miss Patty Fitzgerald. I love the guy. I respect the guy. I really hope that the situation was none of his fault and he can get his job back somehow. I think that ship has sailed. I don't even think he'd want to come back even if they offered him. I mean, it's a shame. I think he gave his life to that program. He gave all the energy to that program. You know what? Maybe this is a good thing for him. Time to move on. Like we are. Michigan State struggles like a meth head trying to count in the first half. But eventually, they put away Central Michigan with a final score of 31-7 to in this Michigan State victory. AJ, calm down. Pump the brakes. Go ahead and pull that thong out of your butt cheeks. It's the first game of the season. This is a theme we saw across the board. Things are going to change. The cream will rise to the top. Speaking of all of college football, AJ, let's talk about all the other games we've got going on on the national landscape. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Let's bring out the ball trimmer and let's trim the landscape of college football. First up, Florida State versus LSU. Brian Kelly's penis is still bigger than his winning percentage in this game. Choking on another one in this loss of Florida State, 45-24. to 24. Florida State's Jordan Travis was 23-31 of 31 for 342 yards and four touchdowns. He did have one interception compared to JT Daniels, who was 22 of 37, 347 yards, one TD, and one interception. Man, those quarterbacks, especially Travis, are looking good. Yeah, they both did pretty good, but you got to give it to Jordan Travis. But man, like the difference in this game to me was Florida State, man. They really hit on the portal. Those transfers they got from Michigan State and Oregon went off like my dad when I couldn't hold a flashlight right. (laughs) Your dad must have been a mechanic, man. (laughs) <laughs> you know it. Keon Coleman from Michigan State, obviously now playing for Florida State, had nine receptions, 136 yards, and three TDs. Damn, got those three tutties. Johnny Wilson added in there seven receptions for 104 yards. And LSU wide receiver Brian Thomas Jr. had an awesome game. Seven receptions, 142 yards, and one touchdown. But man, we got we got to bring this back to before season. All the talk we had with our top 25. We had some good commentary, so we were just giving people shit about where they were wrong. I hope they give a shit back, too, when we're wrong. We will be, of course. But Matt Hag said after we were going back and giving them shit because they were complaining about Florida State being ranked so high. He said they beat one of the worst SEC teams of the powerhouses. Let's not get carried away. Now, for someone with a lot of advanced English classes and an MBA, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. That makes zero sense. It's the worst oxymoron I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's kind of like the oxymoron near miss that they hit. What the fuck happened? I don't know what the fuck happened. But man, Matt's on here. He, he did add some uh, some good stuff at the end and we kind of agreed to disagree, which is exactly what we want i hope you bust our balls when we're wrong and and just have a good time with it man that's what it's all about it's all about talking about football having some content to talk about and just having fun man it's football season we should all be relaxed and chilling and enjoying the games but he did say you know he didn't see anything saturday night that he was more convinced with florida state 
that they do anything better than maybe 10 and 2 or 9 and 3. And I agree to disagree, but yeah, 10 and 2 and 9 and 3 is not a bad season anyway. It's just not number three in the nation like we had. No, I agree. I mean, they already got past one of the hardest teams on their schedule. I would say the floor is 10 and 2 at this point. Clemson's not doing too damn good. Yeah, what's the score in that game, Beef? It was 7 to 6. It was 7 to 6 at half. And I think they just came out of half. I could tell you at 13 to 7, Duke right now after halftime. Duke pulls away. Pulling away a little bit. While we're talking about Duke, let's talk about that other game that happened in the Carolinas. About North Carolina versus South Carolina. That was a perfect segue. North Carolina wins big. I mean, big. 31 to 17, making these Gamecocks sound more like pussy farts. (laughs) I guess South Carolina learned that NC actually does play and does have a football team. NC is like, yo, who's the basketball team now, bitch? Oh, wait, we're both. I think Drake May is pouring that mayo all over that team, man. While we're on the NIL fan boat, we get to talk to John Sifley. He's our South Carolina fan that we get to debate football with. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, tell him about kind of your talk with John Sifley. Yeah, John, I was just busting his balls for his team losing because we had been talking back and forth earlier. And he didn't really like the Florida State thing either. He was, I think he said it was a joke the stupidest thing I've ever seen, something along those lines. So I was just busting his balls again about his team losing. He's a a Cox fan. I was like, well, you know, at least you can rest your laurels on the fact that your coach didn't get choked out by an old man. Oh, wait, he did. No, Matt Brown looked like he really did, man. The videos I saw, at first I saw an image and I was like, yeah, that could be taken from the wrong angle or whatever and he didn't need to. Then I saw the video. I mean, he grabbed him by his face and turned him. I was like, man, I'll slap a bitch even if he is geriatric. Mac Brown might choke you. Mac Brown got to choke a bitch. Thanks, John, for keeping us entertained on Facebook. Everyone out there, find our handle at NIL Fan Vote. Feel free to join in, join the shit talking. And like B said before, give us shit when we're wrong because we're going to give you a when you're wrong. But let's get back to football, baby. Drake May, the Heisman candidate himself. Not too great, but not too bad either. 24 of 32, 269 yards. Two tutties, but two interceptions. While Spencer Rattler, who was just all over the place in the backfield running for his life, was 30 of 39 for 353 yards. I I think that's actually pretty damn good for the pressure he was under. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, North Carolina spent the whole night rattling Rattler to the tune of nine team sacks. Like, we kind of struggled to see what separated these two teams. Because, I mean, the stat lines were similar, but the score was way off. Man, it had to be the defense. It had to be the nine team sacks. And you're right. They were chasing Rattler all over the place, man. The boy was running for his life. He still played good, considering. But yeah, that North Carolina defense, where did that come from? They had, like, no defense the last few years. Man, I don't know, but... You know, we got to talk about some other teams, too. I just want to briefly touch on the quarterbacks in the SEC. So Alabama's quarterback, Jalen Miller, against Middle Tennessee, you know, take that for what it's worth. 13 of 18 for 194 yards through the air with a 72.2 completion percentage. Three tutties, seven carries, 48 yards, and two tutties on the ground, man. I think they got their guy. I'm going to go into the Georgia quarterback, too. Carson Beck against UT Martin. They also got their guy, 21 of 31 for 294 yards, one touchdown, 67.7 completion percentage. Now we get into the Duke next episode, bro. Right on. So yeah, we're going to break down the Clemson-Duke game in the week two episode where we talk about week two games since this one's still going on, but we wanted to get our show out in the morning, but we'll break that down for you as well. But yeah, Beav, what you got? At TCU-Colorado game, I want to talk about this game. Since it's in the pack done, we're going to bring in the Duck fan himself, Jamie, and get our pack done affiliate on the mic. Yeah, Oregon, man, they were dominant out there. What'd you think of that game? Yeah, I mean, anything uh, but being dominant was going to be a lot lost yesterday. But, you know, with, with an 81-7 to win, that definitely gives you a lot of confidence going into 
I heard a rumor that they broke the scoreboard. I, I think they broke the duck. Uh, <laughs> 46 push-ups he had to do. You know, I, they must have had to switch out mascots in the game. Cause I don't know, either that or uh, they had to increase the size of the biceps on that duck. Oh, yeah, his chest was done. He was smoking. He doesn't need to do chest day for like three more weeks now. So you uh, you were out at Washington on the Boise State game. Fill us in on, on that one. Yeah, no, I was over uh, UW watching the Boise State game. Started off pretty slow. I was a little, a little worried for UW. Not that I worried too much for him. You know, I, I was thinking, you know, at the beginning, I was like, where, where is this Phoenix Jr. that, you know, everybody's talking about? And he definitely woke up, and the team woke up, and they had that, that aerial passing game. You know, that everybody talks about that put him on the map. And so it didn't take too long, but they definitely were asleep in the first quarter. And then after that, they just started pouring on Boise State. I can expect them definitely be a contender, you know, going forward. So do you think Boise State was a good team this year? I don't think Boise State's ever a bad team. I don't know if I call them a good team. Depends on, you know, if you say top 25 is good. I don't I don't think they're a top 25 team. You know, I, I think that they could be a fringe know top 25 or you know they could be somewhere anywhere between 26 and like 40 this year is where i would put them and you know so definitely a challenge not the same step on team that the ducks played with Portland Bay or like many other teams played you know an opening week i think boise state you know was a challenge and they showed that to start off but their offense was too powerful their secondary was was too good for, for boise state Advantage of, so. so we're just checking out the stat line here for the Phoenix, and holy crap, man! For a you know twenty-five to forty range team that they're playing against, twenty-nine of forty, four hundred and fifty yards, seventy-two point five completion percentage, and five and TDs. five TDs. Man, he really woke up. Oh, he, he absolutely did. And, and like I said, that first quarter was kind of a snooze fest for him. You know, a couple missed passes, but he. And, uh, to watch it in person was definitely a different story. I didn't get to watch, watch it in person last year. And, you know, so to see him this year, yeah, no, I'm, I'm a believer. And, you know, there's a reason why he's in the Heisman hunt, you know, why he should stay there after this game. Anyone else in either the Oregon game or the Washington game that stood out to you? As far as Washington, honestly, the secondary as a whole, I don't, I don't know a ton of their names back there, but the secondary impressed me the way they went toe-to-toe and broke up the passes. I saw it just, you know, they weren't letting Boise, you know, do anything to them there. And so that, that definitely impressed me. And then Oregon, when you look at Bucky Irving, our running back, four rushes, I think 120 yards or somewhere in there. But I know he had over, he had two rushes for over 50 yards. And so, you know, they took him out early. Bo Nick went out early. Uh, I think he only played, he played 51 seconds into the third quarter. So, I mean, basically only played one half. So, yeah, I was talking about the other Big Ten West teams. But yeah, UCLA and USC. I know the US, UCLA game was on late, but what about that USC game? Did you catch any of that? Yeah, I caught some of that. Uh, you know, you see USC kind of started uh, a little slow on defense, and then they, they figured it out. I was, I was curious to watch them after Week Zero game. You know, they... Definitely showed a lack of lack of defense there. You know, Nevada is kind of you know we call call them like Oregon sister school because a lot of players and coaches you know 
know, and made a move over to Nevada. And you know, so they they have some talented players. They're not they're not in that Boise State tier yet, you know. But they're they're not total sleep on you know pushover team. You know, all the four teams good for USC. Caleb Williams he looks like he's playing a damn video game when he plays plays football. The way he scrambles, the way he makes things happen. You know, and I'm not going to say he's Patrick Mahomes, because Patrick Mahomes, I think, is, could possibly be the greatest, you know, quarterback we ever, ever see at the NFL level, as far as talent-wise goes. And so, But I can see some very Patrick Mahomes-esque uh, plays that Caleb Williams is making over there. And, you know, like we talk about, uh, Caleb Williams doubtedly, you know, deserves to stay in that, that highest bit talk. We were watching some of those highlights, and I was talking to AJ here, and I was like, like, man, he looks like if Barry Sanders was a quarterback back there, he was breaking ankles to get open just to pass the ball. I was like, holy shit, man. I mean, like, this is the way he was dancing around. He was floating like a butterfly, stinging like a bee. I, like, you can cross him with any athlete you want. He's the man. I hope they, uh, I hope the Raiders draft him because this man is a show on his own. He's freaking electric, man. He would light up Vegas. He'd be his own pyramid out there. I mean, the dude's a monster. Yeah, he's getting that. He's getting that second Heisman, and he it, he's another Archie, man. You know, I'm, I'm not going to name my I'll be honest with you, Bo Nix is behind Cedor Sanders right now. That's right. See those battles, you know, on the biggest shows, and you know, I think that that's where it's going to get decided. Who can can bring their team the farthest? Who can win those important games? Who can show up when when it matters? Right now, these games, you got to win them. You know, they don't they don't matter to that extent. You know, it's it's later in the season against those big time matchups that are really going to cement your name and hide behind. Yeah, speaking about Caleb Williams looking like prime time, what you think of that Colorado game? Yeah, we were saying in the preseason that their TCU is probably a little bit inflated, but they're still a good team. They may not be a top twenty-five team, but they're on the fringe of that. Ooh. They did lose a lot of a lot of players, but you still cannot take away from what Dion Primetime Sanders did at QB. Man, like Woo! we were walking into the stadium for the Indiana Ohio State game, and I was like, man, actually, it was when we parked, so it was right when the Colorado game was about to start, and I was like, yo, man, I need to go in there and just take the over for the season. Like Dion's gonna at least get the five and a half games, you know. I think it's three and a half. Dion's at least going to get the three and a half games. And I didn't do it. And now I'm like, fuck, man. Why didn't I do that? And you know if I would have made that bet that they would have got boat raced, man. So I I definitely got to eat some crow. I was talking about Dion and and him being uh, more ego than substance, but boy. substance is man. He can talk all he wants now. I better get my my plate of crow out because that substance he put out on Saturday was legit. He said we're keeping receipts. We'll talk, but we're keeping receipts, man. And guess what? We keep receipts. God bless you, America. Oh, God is good. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and rightfully so. I mean, my, 
myself included, like AJ says, like I, I was talking that same smack, and we'll see what happens, you know, at the next level. You know, I, I'm not a fan of how he came in and, and booted all those boys that were promised scholarships, you know, out of Colorado, but he definitely brought in some talent with him, and it's hard to deny the product he put out there, you know, on the, on the biggest stage. I mean, his son destroyed it. I had, I, I wasn't including him in my top Pac-12 quarterbacks, and it's hard to include right now, you know. I mean, this is going to be a good show this year, and it's a good ending to the Pac-12. I'm pretty impressed, you know, with what's about to be put forth. I mean, the show that Colorado is actually going to be putting on the show as well. It's going to be a big deal. Dude, they're lighting it up in the Pac-12. It's going to be all over the place, man. And that I was can't wait to point. watch those games. Can't wait. That was the main reason I didn't believe in Dion this year. I, I think he could have got the dope job done eventually but he's ready now like you said he's coming and he's coming now but the reason i didn't believe him was how big the pac-12 is right now how that depth is with every team like you're, you're talking about oregon state and washington state and no sleeper they're they're solid teams too so that's why i didn't believe in Dion this year i thought he would eventually get there but he's like nah not aj shut your mouth anything else that you saw this football season you know week one i guess before we even you know get away from that colorado game it's it's hard not to talk about Travis Hunter. You know, you don't see that what he did. Yeah. To play two ways like that. Did you see that pick? I did. That was a beautiful pick. My play. goodness. A, a clutch pick. You know, again, as much as I quit the bash Colorado, you know, and their history and everything, like, they're, they're a totally different team. And Travis Hunter is what it exemplifies to be a Heisman, to be as important as you are for your team, to be able to, to play, you know, as many snaps as he did on offense and defense, put over 100 yards receiving while leading his team on defense. Like, that's just unheard of these days. I mean, look at his coach. Yes, Dion tried to do that back in the day, but he definitely did it better than Dion. at least in this game, as far as being a two-way player. Absolutely. He showed out, and it was the big stage, you know, and it, it was one of the biggest games of the week. I'd probably say the, the second biggest at Florida State games. Yeah, I mean, that one's definitely got the biggest implications as far as playoffs and championships, as we see it right now, but if, if Dion ain't playing, then maybe, uh, maybe he'll be in that conversation as well down the road in the Pac-12 but still man that's a rough road so anything else week one impressions man week one impressions go on and off games I'm looking at the, the Ducks next game coming and that's Texas Tech you saw that double overtime loss to Wyoming you know I was pulling for Texas Tech just to help boost the, the schedule for the Ducks but uh, both teams put on a good showing you know Wyoming uh, came out on top uh, so that was kind of a cool one to take notice of yeah it's curious next week to see what Texas Tech turns into do they use that as fuel and they get angry and they take practice in this game more serious than they would have or do they kind of fall apart with that upset? Yeah, no, we'll, we'll see what happens. They definitely got the fuel for it. You know, as long as Oregon doesn't take the Texas Tech is going to be anything like Portland State because I can guarantee you they're not. You're not going to see this huge blowout win. You're going to see a hard-fought battle. Uh, I, I do believe Oregon comes out on top, but it's a sneaky good game like we talked about a week ago. You know the best thing I saw on a football field this Saturday was Donkey and Shrek kicking with some cheerleaders, man. Oh, man. If you didn't see it yet, you got to you gotta go check it out, man. The donkey could kick high. I was impressed with his kicks. Oh, like, straight up. Straight up. You know, it's on NIL Fan Vote Facebook, Instagram, and NIL Fan Vote Twitter. You got to check it out, man. That's awesome. It's not every day you see a donkey and Shrek kicking with the cheerleaders, man. We appreciate it, uh, Jamie. I thank you for calling in and updating us on the uh, Big Ten West, pretty much. Resident Duck. Hey, I'm happy to be here. I'll see you all again another time. Appreciate the airtime here. Thank you. Thank you, man. All right. We got to talk about this Big Ten backers road trip, man. We put 
in some time, we put in some energy, we put in the miles. Everyone's dream, the miles, 1,723 throughout Big Ten country, and it was worth every second of that swamp ass. Our first stop, Minnesota versus Nebraska. Yeah, so Nebraska, Minnesota, up in Minneapolis, got there three hours prior to the game. It took us 45 minutes to find some park. Eventually, we made it to the old Lot 37. That's when the party started. That's when we started to do interviews. We ran into another podcast and interviewed them. They were called Sunday Morning Quarterback. Yeah, and then once we got to the game, we met Big Noon Kickoff with all the crew, you know, the new crew, Mark Ingram. I shook hands with Urban Meyer. We talked a little bit about Ohio State. On Fox Noon, if you check out Fox Noon Twitter, you'll see the donkey and Shrek and a sign saying, Fox is my Fiona. That's Big Ten backer country, baby. That was us. We were there. It was a good time. Yeah, then we finally made it to our seats. We were sitting right on the 10-yard line, front row seats. And me and B, man, love to bring that energy. We love to bring that hype. You know, we'll dance, try to block the cheerleaders, have a little good time, have a little fun. While we were having fun, kind of made some people mad. They kept telling us to sit down. They, they paid for their tickets. We needed to sit down. We paid for our tickets, too. But yeah, man, they were a bunch of fucking bitches of Minnesota. Man, the whole stadium was rocking with energy. Every section but ours. People were standing up, getting crazy, having a good time. We just happened to find that one. One section where a bunch of old fucks were like, everyone needs to sit down. And they didn't do it nicely. That's the thing. If they would have been like, hey, man, my knees hurt or my husband can't stand for very long, tapped us on the shoulder. No, dude fucking grabs AJ by his shoulder and says, you need to sit the fuck down. That's where we draw the line, man. You yeah. got, if you ask nicely, cool. But if you're going to be mean and put hands on somebody, don't be doing that shit. Of course, I got fired up, shouted back. Some words were said, but it is what it is. And then they called us not true fans, even though they left four minutes early in a time game. In a game that their team ended up winning on a last second field goal. That's some soft ass, soft ass shit. Yeah, that's not a fan. That's for damn sure. I want to beat the crowd. I want to get out of here. You missed the whole fucking game, the whole point of the game, the whole fun of the game. But anyways, back on a positive note, we enjoyed the game. Last second field goal. Minnesota got the win. We made ourselves out the stadium. Started heading back to Lot 37 because they were cooking it up. They were having a good time in Lot 37. Had tailgating going like crazy. So we actually ran into a fan of the Big Ten Backers podcast from Rochester, Minnesota. He didn't know who was who, so he's like, who's Beef? Who's AJ? Well, yeah, we had a nice little interview with him. It was a good time. Yeah, that was awesome. But what really stood out was the Nebraska fan. Drop everything that you were doing and go check out that video on our social media. That was absolute fire. Probably the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. I was laughing trying to interview this guy. I mean, falling over laughing. If I would have had something in my mouth, it would have been spit out like a blonde in a porno. <laughs> yeah, then we finally got to the car and we realized we didn't really eat today, Beef. We should probably try to find some food. But of course, it's midnight and not a lot of options out there. So we had to smash uh, some gas station food. You know, maybe gas stations should sponsor us because we're always eating gas station food. We always forget to eat all day. And then it's one o'clock in the morning. We got to find somewhere to eat. The only thing around in a farm country up in Minnesota and Wisconsin is gas stations. So hit us up, gas stations. Be our sponsor. Yeah, drove immediately back six hours to arrive back in Milwaukee at 5.30 a.m. Yeah, it was... That was stupid. Yeah, it was... I was falling asleep. AJ, uh, AJ was driving. He had our back. He was snoozing in the side seat. You know, I got us back there. And then uh, we got back, crashed on the couch, got a few hours of sleep. And then less than 24 hours later, we were back on the road at 3 a.m. heading to Bloomington, Indiana. Yeah, as soon as we got out of the car, we were starting interviews like right away, man. Jumped out of the car, getting those interviews in. It started off awesome. You mean right away? You mean like the 45 minutes it took you to find your shoes? <laughs> shit. Yeah. Forgot about that. But you know, that's me. I always forget where my shit is. He's like, uh, I'll be right back. 45 minutes 
later. Yeah. He, meanwhile, he's stuck there so holding on to signs and the mask and stuff, looking like an idiot. Yeah, but eventually, we made our way down the strip, stopped by Nick's Pub, had ourselves a nice Jack and Coke talk shop, talk ball with some Iowa State and Indiana fans. Yeah, interviewed some Indiana students, man, and it's a freaking good time. They wore the Shrek and donkey masks. That was a great interview. Definitely need to check that out. And then, yeah, after we got done interviewing them, on the way to the stadium, we ran into a couple more students who were barbecuing for the game, got them to play some pass and answer some questions for the podcast. Made it to the tailgating section. We ran into an Oregon fan. So, you know, we run into an Oregon fan. You got to stop and talk to him uh, for a little bit to see what he thinks about Oregon moving to the Big Ten. He was out here hanging out with some Big Ten friends and checking out Big Ten football. Then we got to the stadium, sat in our front row seats once again. Right behind the goalpost. And that's when we became Shrek and Donkey. Yep. When the game comes on, masks go on. Yeah. Then we danced and celebrated as Shrek and Donkey throughout the, the first half. And it was hot as hell. I mean, I was sweating so much. I was sweating through my pants. Oh, it was bad. I was like, man, you look like a waterfall over there. But the coolest part about that day, coolest thing on the field at least, was Shrek and Donkey ended the game on the field doing the kick line with the dance team. It's kind of like tradition at Memorial Stadium as the band, the cheerleaders, and the dance team start performing on the field to their family and like really, really hardcore fans. So they do their alma mater. They do all that kind of stuff and their fight song. The weird thing about it is the family's not allowed on the field. They have a really hardcore policy. They have bouncers at any of the gates so you can't get down there. But for some reason, they're like, hey, Shrek, Donkey, come on down. We're like, okay, sure. So we get down there and start doing a kick line with the dance team and it was awesome. Great video. Check that out too. Yeah, then as soon as we got done with that, we had to kind of hurry and get to the other side of the stadium because we had an interview with old Travion Henderson lined up. So we had to get that in. So we were we were kind of speed racing through the stadium, you know, and then B, he asked the important questions. He had to ask Travion if he ever had a Buckeye before, you know, big stuff that mattered in the game. Yeah, we danced around all of the actual football questions. It really just got down to business. Family, friends, Buckeye. What have you eaten? He's never eaten a Buckeye. Craziness, isn't it? It's a damn shame. Anyway, I'll be sending him some Buckeyes. Homemade, right for my mama. Yeah, then once again, like always, we've got to eat all day, so we finally made it to a McDonald's and crushed uh, some french fries and nuggies like five-year-old kids getting a happy meal. But that sauce was on point for those nuggets, man. It was good. It tasted so good. We were in the hot sun all day. I mean, that sun was blaring down on us. We had latex masks on, so we were dripping sweat. I mean, I sweat like a motherfucker anyway, but it was disgusting. I was so... I was wet. That game had me all wet. (laughs) We always get a little wet when it comes to football. Yeah, then we finally made it to our hotel room. We crunched out on social media trying to get you all our content. And now here we are talking to you. So you got to check out that content. You got to check us out on Instagram, man. Some of those reels are to die for. Great stuff. Follow us. We definitely need more followers on Instagram. We have all the followers we need on Facebook, but go ahead and join on there too. Uh, Twitter, if you have the X, join us. We're on there too. And even Fox is promoting us on Twitter. Yeah, that's at NIL Fanvote on Facebook, at NIL Fanvote on Twitter, at NIL Fanvote on X. Also, there's a Big Ten Backers chat group. Get in the Big Ten Backers chat group. Drop in some football content. Talk to us about what you want to talk about. Why are we staying at the hotel? We had to give Best Western a shout out, especially Ashley Brooks. And this is the Best Western in Martinsville, Indiana. We were grinding on the podcast. She looked out for us, gave us some extra time in the room. She said, take as much time as you need. Uh, So they're not our sponsor, but they looked out for us. We got to look out for them. So thank you, Ashley Brooks. Thank you, Best Western in Martinsville. And your staff. Someone hung a do not disturb sign on the door for us because they knew we were in here doing it. We forgot to do that. And I started getting worried. I went and checked the door. It was already on there. That's props, man. This place is real. Their employees are great. Clean place. Nice place. 
out of the way, but really close to Bloomington. If you're ever in town, check them out. All right, that's it for the Big Ten backers. I don't think we're going to make a road trip week two, but we're going to get back on it on week three. That's the plan. Tell us what you think. Big Ten backers are out. God bless. Big Ten Backers Podcast. Follow our sponsors at NIL Fanboat on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the thread. Also visit the website nilfanboat.com. Oh, no Midwest goodbye today.